Um, so, good morning. Uh, welcome to uh, one amazing experience where we have the opportunity to meet uh, event industry professionals and uh, learn if they were to put on an event, um, what the event would be like. Um, so we'll be going through what the venue of choice, the arrival song, uh, what their tipple of choice, what their meal of choice would be, uh, some of the entertainment, one celebrity, if they would like to have a celebrity at their party, uh, their first dance track, the big departure, uh, and one gift to all their guests. And while we go through it, we'll be learning about their business, about their career and how they started their business. And uh, <clears throat> I'm sure it'll be a lot of fun. I'm delighted today to have uh, Lena Bjork from Alexander and Bjork. Um, and uh, Lena, would you like to introduce yourselves and tell us a bit about the company? Yes, I'm delighted to be here. Um, so I um, run and own um, Alexander and Bjork, which is a um, event catering company uh, targeting sort of the sort of very it's very bespoke and um, work with a lot of corporates but very much PLC companies at board level um, I guess they come to us when you do that very very special event maybe once a year that has to be perfect um, food is of course what we're selling and we're extremely passionate about um, and do some of the very, very finest food you can find in London, I would say. <laughs> Excellent. Thank you, Lena. And I know uh, in terms of, um, of your past and obviously the type of events you do, I, I believe I'm right in saying that you've, uh, you've, you've served up to the Queen and the Commonwealth Heads of Government at Marlborough House. Uh, you've obviously done the case uh, for the Swedish royal family as well and uh, Bill Clinton as well, I believe, in the American Embassy. Correct. <laughs> So, as you can see, listeners, um, or hear listeners, I should say, obviously, Lena has great experience in terms of it. And we're delighted to, to find out if she was putting on a party, what it would be like. Um, so, Lena, often we find that um, things are led or we get an idea of the type of party it's going to be. And you, you can tell me the party it's going to be or otherwise just what the venue that you would choose for your own party. Well, I'm an outdoors girl, mm -hmm. so I um, would... As much as I love, and I have some um, super favourite venues in London, but I think I would I would choose a beach. Probably <laughs> what I did for my wedding. Excellent. That's my sort of ultimate party venue, I would say. And where was which beach was your wedding on? Uh, um, on a rural beach in Donegal, overlooking Amazing. the Atlantic Ocean. Fantastic. And were you doing the catering for it? Of course, <laughs> of course. But I think when when you have a party, it's funny because everything comes down to budget mm. and you can still do fantastic parties with lower budgets. You don't have to spend fortunes to have an incredible party. No. So depending on the budget, yeah. um, you can have a historical palace, but you can also create the most incredible uh, experience yeah. on a beach. And describe the beach. Is it a, a white sand, a cliff surrounding or open? White sand, yeah. uh, deserted yeah. beaches, basically. Yeah. And did the Irish weather hold up for you? We did. We got Spain weather at the end, actually. But I already, I already said, even if you're on a on a beach, mm. even if it's really, really blustery and terrible weather, I mean that makes it dramatic. Yes. That almost makes it even more spectacular if you're sitting in a clear span marquee. Yes, absolutely. My um, one of the first weddings I went to actually was on a beach. Uh, in Devon, I think it was, um, and it was uh, a humanist wedding. So, and the, uh, the the bride was in a in a bikini and sarong. 
Fantastic. <laughs> and the, the, the other guy, the, the, sorry, the groom was in sort of a Hawaiian shirt and shorts. It was, um, it, it was very good fun. The weather was not the greatest, I have to say, but it was still extremely memorable uh, in terms of it. And uh, as your guests arrive, um, do you have a, a did you have music as guests arrived on your beach? I did. Um, I had sort of local music, yeah. but I think when people arrive at event, background music is so important, and and uh, I think people forget how important it is because you think like oh people won't hear it as the as the party fills up. No, you don't. But for the, those first twenty people that arrives. It is so important to have just even its soft background music that I don't even notice is there. But if it wasn't there, you would really notice it. Absolutely. So scene setter. Yeah, it's absolutely. Setter. First impression. Yeah, oh, definitely. And in terms of, uh, I suppose, first impression and, and, and starting from your beginning of your career, your first, um, first steps into the catering world, um, from my understanding, you'll see you, you started from pretty well from ground zero in terms of where you've been um, working in a hotel before is that right yeah that's yeah. correct yeah and then um you literally started and from my understanding you were you were taking your meals on the tube style i did yeah. well i worked in a hotel i worked at the churchill intercontinental actually yeah as a breakfast supervisor and i very quickly uh became a very sort of unpopular member of staff <laughs> because i didn't actually listen to my boss i listened to my customers if customer came in, comes in and wants something that's not necessarily on the menu and we have the ingredients, I would give it to them. Because I've always said, with our customers, we don't have a job. Yeah. And it's that, you know, that strive to just go beyond for your customers. And that made me an unpopular uh, member of staff. This is now 28 years ago, so the <laughs> service levels weren't the best at that time. Sure. But that is what made me start my own company because I just believed I could do better. Yeah. And I didn't have a pan in my pocket. I didn't have a computer to write menus on. I didn't have a car to deliver my food on. I knew nobody in London, really, because I've just come over here and I couldn't cook. So uh, I contacted the Swedish bank's PA and just said, I'm starting a little catering company. I've got nothing to prove. Please try me. And that's how I got a, a breakfast for four to for, to Swedish bank, actually. And... I couldn't afford to take a taxi even to get to, to uh, these jobs, so I, I delivered the food by the tube initially. The tube. Shows creativity. <laughs> yeah. And talking about that as well, I then believe you went to, is it the Prince's Trust? Yeah. You've got a, you've got I got a loan, loan for uh, £2,500, which was enough for my first delivery van. Amazing. Yeah. That must have been a change, a, a step up for you. Oh, completely. And it, I mean, again, I'd already been to banks beforehand and nobody believed in my yeah. idea and would lend me money. So I really wouldn't be in business without the Prince's Trust. So I'm extremely grateful with, to them and been supporting them as well for many, many years. And are you, uh, are you from an entrepreneurial background? Are you, were your, do your parents have their own business or? No, no? they didn't. But I was brought up with uh, great food and the importance of uh, eating together yeah. Nobody starts eating even for breakfast. And I remember when you're like going to school and you're tired. I used to hate that. But that's one of the things that I remember that we had to wait until everybody sits down and we start eating. And nobody leaves the table before everybody's finished. And on a Saturday, everybody would 
dress up for dinner, even if we had spaghetti bolognese. It was just like, <laughs> and that's something that obviously has stayed yeah. with me. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that's how I, my daughter is learning now at home. And I think that that's an important hospitality. Mm. It's important. Yeah, no, absolutely. And, and uh, I think especially during the, the, the pandemic that we're all going through, we're all obviously having to stay at home or whatever else, to, to sort of having that, that routine and the family sitting down together and having yeah. a meal can make a real difference. So. It's manners, isn't it? It is, absolutely. And is, uh, is, is Sweden, is it in terms of culture-wise, is it similar to sort of Italy where meals will go on for hours or is it a, is it more sort of, I suppose, rigid in its, in its way it goes? It's not, it doesn't go on for hours no. at all, no. <laughs> but we eat a good meal sort of thing. Yeah, we yeah, wouldn't yeah. necessarily have three courses even. Sure. Might just have um, one course and main course and, and a dessert or something sure cool and uh obviously so your, your guests arrived at the beach we've got beautiful spanish weather in, in ireland which is fantastic and uh, uh what would you be serving as, a, as an aperitif as a drink in the well i mean if i had the choice i mean champagne of course and but i love cocktails yeah. and if i were to make the perfect party i would have one of our um good friends in the industry drinks fusion to do the cocktails because they just do the best cocktails in the world. And again, having choice, having a variety. Sure. Um, and again, making the, the guests feel like it's a generous offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair enough. And do you have a favorite cocktail yourself? I love champagne cocktails, the classic champagne cocktails. Yeah. And I love grapefruit martinis. That's something that we, me and my husband, makes grapefruit martinis. Often at home. We, you know, yeah. So uh, can you? Tell us how to make a grapefruit martini. Well, this is the thing. It's the simplest drink in the world. <laughs> like really that. good, sweet, pink grapefruits, yep. hand-squeezed. You sieve the, the uh, juice uh, to get the bits out of it. And a really good vodka. Uh, a little drop of um, grapefruit bitters. And if the juice is sweet enough, you need nothing else in it. And all you need to do is you shake it with ice pour it over, it was very important. Whenever we drink at home, we put our glasses in the freezer, champagne glasses, cocktail glasses, and then you just pour it into to the glass. Super simple. And obviously with um, grapefruit, you get your vitamin C. Yeah. So really, really healthy cocktail, I would say. <laughs> Thanks, Matt. <coughs> Sounds delightful. I'm a big pink grapefruit fan. Um, and uh, I imagine fairly calorie free as well, so. <laughs> Absolutely. And coming on to, uh, so the guests arrived, we've had obviously have a beautiful ceremony, um, we've had a grapefruit and martinis or, or champagne, um, and then you're coming on to the meal. Well, I'd serve canapes before, because Perfect. again, looking at budgets, I always say that it's really important to feed people. Mm. It doesn't have to be the most luxurious food, but you're better off having slightly simpler food that makes people feel like they're being full up yeah. because if you have too much alcohol and not enough food people get drunk and with the drinks especially for weddings yeah. they tend to go on maybe for an hour and a half two hours yeah to serve five little dindy canapes is a disaster i think okay, so i personally for my wedding i had a big seafood uh, i mean a seafood buffet I had fresh oysters, we had crab claws, uh, we had uh, all of our wonderful home-cued gravelax, 
um, with the bellinis and you know pumpernickel, the Irish soda bread, so people could help themselves and actually feel like they um, get satisfied. Because again, often people don't end up eating uh, lunch. Yeah. So you, people have early breakfast. They might have traveled. They're in the church. They're waiting. Then you get and then you get hit with drinks. Um, feed your guests yeah, before the yeah. meal. It sounds wonderful. It sounds also like obviously you're, you're using local produce as yeah. well, so making sure it's fresh and local and sustainable. And Absolutely. Yeah. And talking about, um, I suppose, sustainability in, in terms of your business, obviously we we are at this moment obviously going through a, a, a challenging time for the industry. You've obviously historically you you you've had it with um, as you say twenty eight years now in terms of being in business. So you, you, you've while we're unprecedented, there's always things that can be learned from from previous experiences. And you've obviously been through the sort of crash in two thousand eight and nine, and obviously nine eleven as well. I mean, what what would you say have you have been your your greatest learnings going through that period, which you, I guess you are applying now, or you think others might help them in terms of while they're going through it? Uh, keep some money in the bank. Yeah, is one. But also, I would say, don't be afraid of uh, partnering up. And I think that that's going to happen with a lot of businesses now to reduce overheads. Yeah. So I had my own first business for 20 years, which I sold when I had a baby late in life. And I started Alexandra and Björk in September, exactly five years ago. I was never meant to start a new business again. I'd done my <laughs> career, um, but I also love my industry. I love my job. I uh, think I'm good at what I do. And I feel like I can can help other companies with their sort of entertainment and help them sort of retain and build their win clients by our service. Yeah. Um, but then I ended up, so Alexandra and Björk is actually a partnership together with the D&D restaurant chain because Des Gunnar who is the chairman, was a former client of mine. Okay. So we ended up doing a joint venture, basically. Yeah. So I'm part of D&D. Obviously, part of an infrastructure that turns over 150 million pounds, which of course I'm extremely grateful to in this pandemic. Yeah. Had I been on my own with a massive, massive warehouse in Bermondsey like I was before, <clears throat> it would have been extremely difficult, not just on an HR level. Yeah. Um, so, you know, thank God I am, I don't own 100% of the company. But I believe I'm going to come out so much stronger on this on the other on the end because I know I'll get through it. Yeah. So I think talk to your competitors, yeah. help each other, and see whether you know you can do things together with other people. Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, <clears throat> it's a, it's it's definitely true that I that it's that what this has created is that environment where people do feel more comfortable than speaking, as you say, to competitors and going, you know, what, how are you coping? What's your situation? Um, and, and hopefully some good does come out of that and that actually, you know, um, competition can be a very good thing. Um, it can help to, to drive us all forward in the standards and, and sometimes our operational efficiencies and make us think of actually why aren't we doing that, etc. So yeah, it, it shouldn't be a negative thing all the time. I think we've got to, we've got to beat that person who's our competitor all the time. Sometimes it is a case of, of speaking and seeing what can be done. And did um, did did Des approach you, or did you approach him in terms of doing that the joint venture? He approached me. Yeah. 
But uh, yeah, I mean, I think he wanted me to come on, come on board and work with the D and D group. Okay. But I'm not a restaurateur. No. And uh, I've, you know, I was the one who then put it to him, saying, "Back me to start a new company." Yeah. And that's what happened. And I feel like, you know, I've really found the I I found the perfect partners for me. Yeah. They trust me a hundred percent on what I do, my uh, decisions, and you know, the visions of the company. And, um, you know, what I predicted has also happened. So, you know, it's a, it's a good partnership and I can get as much as uh, little uh, support from them as I want, really. Fantastic. I say so. Excellent. So your, your guests have, have had um, hearty canapes, beautiful seafood. Thank you for the taste. Um, and then are you going on to a, a, a sort of um, a three course meal or will you be doing something different for your guests after? Well, I, I would do like, a, again, quite casually, if yeah. I've had already had the seafood to start off, off with, then I would probably have either a, you know, like a mezzo style. And I just like pe people picking, sharing. I know now with social distancing and food <laughs> has become a different, you know, we don't really want to be picking everybody's plates or whatever. But yeah. I think we find, need to find ways of, of still doing that. Mm. But I mean, I guess my my perfect meal would really be a venison carpaccio uh, you know where my friend has shot the venison okay and you do either like either lightly smoked or just a gorgeous with a horseradish cream just freshly grated horseradish followed by my favorite fish is turbot mm -hmm. i mean you sit just cooked simply yeah i would have that with wild garlic mash and buttered wild mushrooms amazing a nice butter sauce or whatever like simple and then you know my my ultimate dessert is pistachio souffle with homemade pistachio ice cream well you're making me hungry I'm so simple <laughs> you know not over complicated food just using the absolute best seasonal produce yeah. and ingredients yeah D done as little as possible with them letting the food talk for itself so that's really the also the ethos of our food at, at a and b really yeah and has, um, I mean, I know that, um, um, and, it, and in terms of, it, you can tell me if this, if this is the point, but I know that there are, there's normally in terms of when people are <clears throat> are doing their, their growing a business as a sort of step change at some point. And I know that um, when you did the, the food at the American Embassy, they, they said it was the, the best food they'd had outside of the USA when they were on their travels. What, what did you serve then? And, and, and has, I suppose, has, food moved on from what you were doing then in terms of totally yeah. but the thing is people are not buying food on a plate mm -hmm. you buy an experience and you buy people yeah and we're in the hospitality industry it's not it hasn't got anything to do with the food i mean those years ago i cooked myself because i couldn't afford chefs yeah i really couldn't cook so i was using my mum's recipes flicking through cookbooks basically making really simple food that's not what they bought into they bought into the hospitality and the service levels I gave. And you see, that's really what that letter from the White House saying that this was the best food the White House had ever had on a foreign trip is insane because it really wasn't. <laughs> they thought it was. But that actually set the standards for my business moving forward. And that's something that I've never, ever lost the ethos of people by people. We represent our clients, my people are the first 
and second impression of our clients, guests walking into a venue, whether it's a wedding, it's a corporate, whatever. That's what people buy. Yeah. And how do we go beyond to give that ultimate customer experience? How do we make people feel that's what people remember, not the food? Yeah. So what do you think it was? So from uh, what do you think gave the perception to the White House that it, that it was the best food in terms of that? How you make people feel in yeah, terms so of it service? Was the, it was the, the the smile, the way that they yeah. were received, the, the warmth. Absolutely. Yeah. And I believe that that's something that I have managed to retain for all these years, and that is what makes us a market leader. Yeah. We have never forgotten that most important thing. We don't just roll in and just do an event and we have another five going on at the same night we 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 actually close our books after we have um after we have i mean obviously we have smaller events that yeah, we can take yeah. more but we've got to make sure that from that first client calls us they they retain the same people and the same person is leading them through to the end of that night to the end of the invoicing, to the end of following up, to the end of debrief, even though everything was in their eyes fantastic, yeah. but really that there is a, you know, that, that, that customer service. Yeah, no, I understand that. And I think that, um, that one of the, the things that will come out of this, this pandemic actually has been that it's always been a restart, you know, from, from our side, we're all so busy all the time and you're looking at the next event, the next event, the next event, and sometimes you know you're very busy in terms of what you're doing. Is that actually now the team that you know we get a, a booking for one person and it's very excited about it. You know I mean? Is it's like a it's like a restart and it's a refresher of actually why are we doing this is to give that experience and that customer service and 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 also to those generate work opportunities for our team, which obviously is, is tricky for them at the moment. You know, there's a lot of people who haven't got work. So if we're able to actually People calling and saying, "Have you got work next week?" Yes, we have, and it's it's actually creates a, a really nice situation. So, so hopefully, one of the nice things will come out of that sort of resetting the mindset and us all going, "We won the event, brilliant!" You know, it's so. come to gratitude as yeah, well, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, yeah, yeah, it's definitely. And would you say that um, that 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 letter from the White House, which obviously you could use as a as a reference point for it, would you say that that was the sort of stepping stone for you in terms of a, a, a way you thought actually? Yeah, this is a serious business and I can now take it forward. Oh, I never thought it was going to be a serious business. No. But I was just passionate about serving people. Yeah. And that letter really set the standards for, you know, the the backbone of my whatever I've done since. And I very much lived my own life. I had no idea what catering. I just did my own little thing. Yeah. And, you know, I never forget, actually, um, R the first RSVP. So this is like in, God, yep. it must have been As in 99 or nine. I mean, when was that? It was, it was 20 years ago. Yeah. As I, in the, the magazine or the show? There was a, the show. The, show, RSVP the, show. the first yeah. show. Yeah. At the Business Design Centre. Business Design Centre. Yeah. That was the opening of what I realised, the whole world out there. I had yeah. no, about, no idea about. And, um, Yeah. No, it's um, it's a, it's a, it's almost a common thing. So, I mean, it, obviously, when you when you first started the the business, in terms of I suppose the the vision that you had, it was it was about giving, as you say, great customer service and, and making people feel those at home and and that 
that um, yeah, they, they didn't have, they had no worries. It was, you know, you would deliver a, a party, but I, I'm taking from what you said that there wasn't a great vision at that time in terms of, yeah, we're going to be turning over by this point, et cetera, et cetera. No, absolutely not. <laughs> I just wanted to serve people. Yeah. Make people happy. Yeah. Well, it's often said, um, as, uh, I, I, I listen to the webcast IDs and then, but, uh, in terms of when I talk about sport and, and business, that it's, it's if you concentrate on the process rather than the, the results, then the results will come. So uh, if you're giving that good service and looking after your customers, then your business will grow. Same. I mean, I, I, am, I was a swimmer, yeah. a competitive swimmer, and a very good one um, in Sweden. And it's, it's, you know, the whole your mindset of building a business and, you know, putting in work. I think these days a lot of people, the young generation, just expect to be paid fortunes and have shares in a company wherever it's like, but you know what, you need to you know, you need to work yourself to that. And the more work you put in, the more reward you take out, sort of thing. It just doesn't happen on itself. It's the same thing running a business. Yeah. It's not gonna you know, you have to put in the work. You do. Oh, absolutely. Um, and that, again, is, is, is very much a common theme <laughs> amongst the, the, the business owners. And, and, and who would you say, as you say, you're going to that RSVP show, which was, for those listeners who don't know, it's uh, basically it was a large, large, large trade show focused on high-end events, really. Um, and it was the first of its sort of kind. Um, and it did something showcase in terms of what the, the UK market was a about but did you did you who did you take inspiration from well i remember i mean not knowing anybody in the industry not even knowing anything about anything about you know competitors or whatever but i remember seeing johnny roxborough with his waiters in i don't know they were like angel this super hunky boys in i don't know some angel thing and i remember looking at them just thinking wow and of course, uh, Johnny has also become a friend Excellent. and uh, a huge inspiration, but not just for his incredible creativity, but actually for his kindness and generosity. And I think that that really is what inspires me with him. Oh, well, they're, they're, they're very important traits. And uh, yeah, it's, um, he, 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 he obviously has been an inspiration to many in the industry. So. I'm sure he'll appreciate you saying so as well. Then. Uh, and uh, entertainment for your guests after they've had this this beautiful meal, or, or while they're having a beautiful meal. Obviously, you've sent talked about sort of um, local music as they arrive. And while you're having the meal, are you doing any entertainment, or will you be going on to a, a dancing, or how would you like to? Well, to first forward? dance would obviously be Dancing Queen. You can <laughs> never start a party without Dancing Queen. <laughs> Swedish influences. There. Swedish. Well, also I cooked for Björn and Benny. Oh wow! And I have a. I never forget when I was at the after party afterwards. Benny, the pianist, yeah. jumped on this great grand piano and did really requests for all of the people there. And so I have a picture of me hanging on his piano when he's playing Dancing Queen to me on my request, basically. Wow. So, and of course, whenever you play that song, everybody will start dancing. Yeah. Everybody. Sure. So, and that's what you want. But then if I had the, if I had, uh, you know, if I could have had Ivici yeah. doing the entertainment, that would have been something incredible. Obviously, we're sad to have lost him, yeah. but 
if you could have him DJing with you. Yeah. Fantastic. And uh, you, you know, we're, we're allowing people to have one celebrity if they would like one celebrity at their party as a guest. Would you, is, is there anyone you'd like? Only to have? one. Only one? So David Attenborough. Oh, amazing. <laughs> I'm sure he'll be great company. I'm sure he'd be great fun as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you met him? I haven't met many of the great and goods, but he really is somebody that I think is incredible. He's had an amazing and good for the world and good for people. Absolutely. And he's shown how, um, you know, it's never too late in terms of, you know, he's obviously an octogenarian now, or not, not, not even 90 now, I'm not going to underplay his age, but he's obviously still showing his ability to to impact and be involved in society and, and uh, to influence the young. Yeah. Excellent. Well, I'm sure people would be crowding around to talk to him at your event. And uh, you, uh, you've obviously been so you, you've had your dancing. Everyone's been up and dancing, dancing queen. They've all had a good time. They've had amazing food. Um, departure, either yours or the guests. Do you have a grand departure in mind? Well, I'm I'm not one for big whistles and fireworks. Yeah. Um, because. I, I don't know. I don't think that's necessary. I think you much better goodie bags and all of those kind of things. I think you should put your budget into creating the experience for the guests during the party instead. What I did for my wedding was I, as people came out of the marquee and they were walking up on the beach, then my staff had been putting like hundreds of candles on the beach. So it was the most beautiful experience leaving and then seeing this surprise of, of just masses and masses of candles on the beach. Amazing. So it was kind of a subtle uh, and uh, but just beautiful uh, sort of it sounds leaving it. Yeah, yeah. image. Yes, I can imagine waves waves crashing in, candlelight as they leave, all very yeah, beautiful scene. Stars, starry night as That's well, That's it. <laughs> Excellent. And... Uh, would you have uh, one gift to all your guests as they leave? And this can be a physical thing, or it can be purely a um, uh, a, a wise word or, or a gesture, whatever you'd like it to be. I don't know. I just maybe something to make people stop and think uh, and be grateful. Remember to be grateful because we are. We should be grateful. We're very lucky. Sure. Excellent. And in terms of, uh, I would say, I suppose, stopping and thinking and, and, and where we are now, I mean, are you, uh, are you able to be, how are you planning for the future at the moment? And, and, and how do you see it, I suppose, in a sort of short and medium terms in, in terms of Alexander and York? And, well, and, I mean, the most important thing is engaging with the staff, yeah. um, being honest about the uncertainties, yeah. and, um, you know, and, and really, come together and you know and drive the business as a, as a team because it's what we make out of this yeah obviously we have a lot of people who aren't going to survive this there are people who are going to survive it we don't know what the business is going to be like um, but i think it's about being adaptable and being ready yeah excellent and you're feeling ready now i am ready yeah. i'm more than ready um <coughs> jumping in a bit to get going yeah absolutely but also within you know i think I'm a bit worried about people starting too early. Mm -hmm. I've had inquiries this week. Somebody wanted to have a party for 30 people on Friday, but that's not that's not allowed. Yeah. So it's one thing that we want to start 
making revenue, but we should also be really firm on what we're allowed to do and follow those rules. Sure. So doing it all in the right way. Yeah. As, uh, as you had to walk through your career. Well, thank you. It's been really interesting to hear both about in your career and also about your party and obviously in your wedding as well. An emotional occasion, I'm sure, as well. Um, but it sounds fantastic with the food, the venison and turbot, wonderful, grapefruit martinis, beautiful. Is it pistachio? Pistachio souffle with souffle. pistachio ice cream. <laughs> Enough said. Um, yeah, so all your guests are going to leave very happy. And then uh, maybe Benny can do um, darts and cream for you himself, which would be great. And then you've got a beachy afterwards, it'd be wonderful. And everyone leaves by candlelit stars, crashing waves, or leaving feeling really quite grateful about the whole occasion. But thank you, Lena, and uh, it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you, and we look forward to seeing the success in going forward with Alexander and York when we all are able to, to start serving and, and giving people that customer service that they all want. Thank you. Thank you very much.